0: I'm Daisy and I'm Terry and this is the Monday Monday Mindset Mindset Podcast where we share things of interest to us and hopefully to you.
1: So let's get started with episode number 157.
0: And this week it's Daisy's turn to share something with us. Daisy, what do you have? Well, Terry,
1: This week, I'm back with the one I was planning on coming to you with the other day. I mentioned a little while back, and this is a newsletter that I've shared from um, quite a few times, the Next Big Idea Club. And they have a couple of podcasts and I mentioned I was quite excited about the next big idea daily because it was nice short episodes you know how we always joke about using quick brain and we like these handy little short episodes Well, when I came to listen to it it is actually structured they are daily although it's Monday to Friday daily not every day of the week they are short episodes but they're structured into actually what they call each week a season, but they're grouped episodes. So you basically really have to listen to five episodes to kind of get the whole episodes, but it's broken over the week. So not quite as handy and short as I thought it would be, but still very good. Uh, So this season, it was season 12, the host is talking to Monica Guzman who is an award-winning journalist they're talking about how to cross the political divide so as you can imagine talking about quite contentious issues really although i suppose that they weren't really they were sort of skirting around they were talking about how to talk about contentious issues i suppose um she has a new book called I Never Thought of It That Way, How to Have Fearlessly Curious Conversations in Dangerously Divided Times. So there are these five episodes grouped together with kind of a, like a key concept in each. And I thought I was going to be bringing all five to you. But The first one sort of got so in-depth and I ended up taking too many notes. I think this is going to be a two-parter from me. So this is just a sort of opening episode, opening the topic, teasing what's to come um, and throwing some things into the mix to think about. This first episode was entitled, We're So Divided, We're Blinded. And they open up by just talking about it's so easy these days to trigger quite powerful emotions in people with words like politics trump biden were the ones the main ones that they used but i threw in for our uk listeners brexit (laughs) immigration i'm sure is a hot topic both sides of the pond but you know they're the kind of words that as soon as they're spoken they do sort of probably make you feel a bit anxious so should we just avoid certain conversations and topics completely or at least maybe with avoid having them with certain people in our lives or maybe we should learn how to have more constructive conversations Monica Guzman is a member of a group called braver angels and she tells us a little bit more about that later on I am going to be she. they do sort of come back to things and I should have revisited my notes and grouped it a bit better so there there will be a little bit of repetition and so she kicks off this is a direct quote from her if you can't get curious across divides in a polarized world you can't see the world at all and she says that social studies show that when we're asked to imagine what the views are of somebody on the opposite side of a political divide are, the assumptions we make are almost always that those views are much more extreme than they actually are. And the reason this topic resonated with me at the time, you know, I went to look for something to share and scrolled back a bit and straight away this group of episodes jumped out at me um, because of a conversation I had in the park where I walked my dogs with a a couple of women that I'm quite friendly with and I've forgotten exactly what it was but um, I think it was about the BBC showing bias Um, This woman in question has a life drawing class and she was talking about two of the people there who were there um, as, as students for the day. And they were both talking about how the BBC shows bias when it is allegedly the BBC is supposed to be known for not being biased, especially politically. But more and more, it clearly is. But the point this woman was making was that although these two women were seemingly agreeing and they were agreeing. They were both saying the same thing that the BBC shows political bias, but she kind of knew that they had opposing views came from different political sides. One, i.e one was pretty right wing and one was left wing and she was kind of sort of chuckling to herself Thinking about it was funny that if they knew what the other person was thinking, if they knew which side the other person was on, they wouldn't continue having this conversation and agreeing on something. And I found this really interesting and I think it was on the back of listening to uh, it was listening to that podcast we were talking about not on this podcast but talking about between us about JK Rowling and how it you know it had changed my perspective a bit and I as you know, I kind of like to challenge views that I have all the time. And so I was kind of a little bit in that mindset about challenging my own views. So I found this really interesting. And I commented that this was a great example of a way into a conversation in the middle ground, that even if you discovered that you, what you were agreeing on was based on an opposing viewpoint, the fact that you Had been agreeing was a really great starting point towards finding common ground, and surely this was a good thing. And it was funny because we were going back and forth, and they were, they were saying, "But you don't understand." They weren't really agreeing because they were coming from different points of view. And I said, "But actually, they were both right because the BBC does show bias, and it probably does show bias both ways." So they were both right, and they kind of were both right to agree. So I just thought it was interesting, and it opened up just this thinking of finding common ground, and that there probably always is actually common ground. So when I saw this podcast about how to basically find common ground in a very polarized world, it really stood out to me. So back to this whole imagining what the other person's beliefs are in an opposing political camp. Guzman says we are looking at a projection, basically, of our own assumptions, not a reality. But why has this happened? And this is what she calls SOS. SOS stands for sorting, othering, siloing. And this is where I will repeat myself later because they revisit this. But briefly, sorting is our natural tendency of wanting to be around people who are like us. And it is a very natural thing. But this tendency gets stronger in times of anxiety and stress. And then othering is our tendency to want to push away from people who are different to us. And again, in times of anxiety and stress, this gets more and more the case and then siloing is the stories we tell ourselves as a result of sorting and othering so it's kind of like a reinforcement and a validation I guess of the previous two we have a tendency to curate our lives to keep ourselves surrounded by people who are like us or at least share similar experiences and or have the same beliefs in real life, but also, and potentially more so, online. And she goes on a little bit to talk about judgment. Of course, that's a big factor. which she says, you know, as it is so often with these things, you know, like sorting is an actual tendency and kind of important from an evolutionary perspective. Judgment's important. We need it to help us navigate the world and make our lives better. But, she says, it's reckless when we don't understand what it is that we're judging. And again, this is a direct quote. Whoever is underrepresented in our lives will be overrepresented in our imaginations. Instead of people, we'll see monsters. Instead of possibilities, too often we'll see disasters. So it's this this danger of making assumptions Imagining what other people are thinking. So this is the challenge, she says, we face in our polarized world. But there are ways we can meet this challenge. And that is what she goes on to spend the rest of the week's episodes talking about. But then he asks her about this group that she's a member of called Braver Angels. She is a senior fellow and on the National Leadership team and Braver Angels is a cross partisan grassroots non profit dedicated to political depolarization. And she goes on to say that it's not about hoping to change people's views on political issues but hoping to change people's views about each other, breaking down vilification. And this is where the title of the episode comes in we're so divided we're blinded we don't see the debates for what they really are and we don't see people who disagree with us for who they really are and it reminded me there were lots of echoes of things we talked about when we talked about Brene Brown's book what led them to their beliefs is a more important question and this is something she goes on to talk about in more detail in one of the week's episodes, than what their belief is. This, she says, has led to a very reactionary culture and toxic spaces, especially online, where it would be so much better to have intelligent and productive conversations about challenging issues. She goes on to talk a little bit about her own, her personal life and how she comes from a very politically divided family, It's an immigrant family and she just assumed that her parents would have similar political tendencies that she has. She's a Democrat and she was astounded to find out that her parents were, in fact, Republicans. And she said it led to a lot of heated conversations. And then she goes on to talk about how um, he is a good thing. He is important. But the question is... Are you cooking something or are you burning it? <laughs> <laughs> and then she she goes on to talk about cooking is good. You're cooking up understanding. Adding friction is good and adding all these layers of conversation. It's good. And some discomfort that comes from that is worth it. But if you're burning it, are you burning a relationship? Are you burning your sense of dignity? All these things, not good. And if you feel like you're heading towards burning it rather than cooking it, then it's better to take a break before you burn things down. And again, she goes on to talk about how they can really cook up some heat in their family. And she says, if you have a real solid depth to your relationship, you know, things can get pretty heated. And she talks about how they get really quite mean with each other but you have that depth of understanding of kind of knowing how far you can push it without pushing it too far. But she says with newer relationships, it really is better to be a little bit more careful. We've all heard, especially in recent times, of families and friendships being torn apart. Again, Trump, Brexit, More recently, quite possibly, I imagine the royal family in the UK has caused some real rifts. In fact, I've heard of some. I was talking to my hairdresser about this and his partner and his partner's brother. They they have very different views and they've, you know, they've almost come to terms and they have to they do have to take that step back and not have conversations about it for a while. And she says we can't build trust. If we begin by believing that the other side is crazy, stupid, ignorant, evil, if we're coming from that perspective, there's just no way. That's not a foundation you can build on. And he goes back to asking her a little bit more about this SOS, sorting, othering, siloing. And she goes on to talk a bit about sorting in the the US. In particular, they talk about geographical sorting and shifting. And she's saying in recent times, uh, I mean, I think it's always been... Um, it's always been the case in the states, hasn't it? It's something that that I observe from my side of the pond that because your states can do very different things, um, but it seems to have heightened a lot in recent years where states have really been pitted against each other on things like policies around abortion, for example. And she said, as a consequence of things like that, there's been a lot of geographical sorting and it comes down to very fundamental things. Where do I belong? Where do I feel safe? Where do I feel comfortable? Where do I feel wanted? And again, they talk about how it's human nature to be around people like us. It's so natural. It's how we make friends. It's how communities are formed. But it can lead us to being fearful of sharing ourselves with others. What if we reveal a difference that is not accepted? And when it leads us to miss who people are, it can become really dangerous. You know, they're, they're wrong or even worse, they, maybe they're out to get me. And, and this moves into othering and then actively demonizing and dehumanizing others. And then you go on to talk a bit more about siloing and the, the stories. These are the stories we hear mostly as a result of sorting and othering. So the stories we hear mostly are as a result of sorting and othering. So the voices we hear are those we have sorted. So we have less exposure to other ideas. And when we are exposed to the other ideas, they often come to us through a filter of somebody who agrees with us, of these people who are part of this sorting process. So there's that layer of judgment that's been applied. They often also come with cues as to how we're expected to think. It gets into this whole, you know, this deep ancestral fear of having to conform to the community, doesn't it? And they talk about how these silos over time get more and more pronounced and also more and more distorted. And he asks her, if you could Give us one tip to try and get out of these, start getting out of these silos. And she says, yes, start really working on trying to change the ratio of time you spend in these silos. Maybe challenge some of your opinions by suspending judgment. And he challenged us at the end of this episode to start by imagining that the person holding an opposing view to yours actually got to that place and sees things the way they do for a perfectly good, valid, and decent reason. And like I say, I could remember Brene Brown saying similar things. If you start from that position, so if you're not dehumanizing people, if you're not othering them too much, if you remember or if you just make that assumption that they're someone like you, but the way the paths in their life have taken them to have an opposing view to you, but they arrived at their view just as rationally and reasonably and with a good heart as you did. If you start with that assumption and that's what this uh, Braver Angels project is all about and she'll go on to talk a little bit more about in these other episodes but he challenges us to just start with that assumption and to maybe try and step out of our silos a bit and listen to what other people are saying based on them being Decent human beings just like we are. So like I said, it's just sort of opening up a discussion here. I know it's a bit of a it's a bit of a deep topic, <laughs> but I find it very interesting and it, it's something that I've been working a lot on, on myself, and becoming more and more aware of I've certainly been very guilty over recent years of becoming more and more siloed. I've, you know, I've talked about curating my feed and I, and I think it, you know, it comes from a place of, I felt like I had to curate my feed because things that were coming into it were making me too anxious. You know, I, I had to curate it so you know personally i didn't see videos of trump because i had quite a visceral reaction to him and and i'm a brit you know i'm like so i could only imagine how difficult it was in the states whichever side you know whether you were a supporter or not you know he he's the kind of person that invokes that kind of reaction in people similar um, politicians over here, similar subjects like Brexit. You've only got to say Brexit to somebody and it's going to evoke a very, yeah, uh, a strong reaction, whichever side of the debate
0: you're on. It's interesting as you describe that, Daisy, because intellectually I'm like, of course, that makes so much sense and yes. And then I hear this little voice inside of me saying, yeah, but they, and I, I start getting into us and them, mm. me and they, you know, kind of almost defenses against it, even as you're saying, whereas intellectually, of course, it makes sense. And yeah. So, as you were talking, I was thinking about the parable about the three blind men who are presented with an elephant and asked what it is. They have no familiarity with an elephant, you know, the parable, right? Yeah. And I just started poking around a little bit and found some ways that people describe what's the message in this parable. And I I think these are fitting here. So one person said, or one resource, actually the Peace
1: Corps,
0: (laughs) um, said that even when presented with a real elephant, each man could see only what he already believed to be true. The story and this lesson is intended to encourage learners to develop perspective awareness That is awareness that each of us creates a unique view of the world based on personal experience, language, and culture. And the next source that I looked at said, the parable of the blind men and the elephant illustrates how our individual perceptions, what Peter Senj calls our mental models, can lead to miscommunication and conflict. Hmm. And then the third resource Said that the story of the blind men and an elephant comes from India. It is about a range of truths and mistakes. It is also about the need for communication and the need for respect for different perspectives. Mm. The idiom shows the effects of observation and bias. So I think all of those three really line up with what you described throughout Mm. this whole discussion of what you got from that first episode. It does make sense. That we have different perspectives. And in that way, we are right in our perspective. And very few of these things are just fact-based, these discussions of Brexit or other political issues or whatnot. And when you said that, it's like to really start learning to take perspective and to recognize someone who thinks almost exact opposite of what I think has used the same inputs to come to that, yeah, reality that I have used to get to my reality. Again, yeah, it's not because
1: they're an evil monster
0: that they've arrived, right? At the other right. end of the spectrum. Yeah, again, it's based on their experience, mm. their history, mm. their knowledge, their environmental influences, and sometimes that's really hard for me to to really look at. Like I remember during the election and. Or some show that I was kind of following or some, I don't remember if it was through social media or through other resources, but, you know, someone who was going into certain parts of the U.S. during our, one of our elections and talking with people about why they were voting the way they were voting. And as I listened, I just thought, oh, my God, that's so stupid. Why would you think that? You can't. And as you were talking, I'm like, oh, yeah. Their logic makes as much sense to them Mm. based on everything coming up to it as my reality makes sense to me because of those same things. And so, yeah, it's so complicated. Like I, I want to work on this and become better able to understand my perspective and how that has come to be and what my biases are. While learning to hear others without just applying my bias or um, maybe even in some of these examples, feelings of superiority and mm. thought mm. because clearly they just don't think correctly. You've really just brought up something that's it is at the core of these difficult kind of dicey issues. Yeah, it's really hard and I've been I've been guilty of all the things. I've been
1: guilty of you know, making all the assumptions about people who voted to leave. And, you know, any other of these polarized things that that we can talk about. And it's, in some ways, yeah, it makes you feel better to sort an other and stay in your silos. Thank you very much. But it is not productive. And it just shuts things down. And I try to remind myself And what they're really, what she's really trying to get across, I think, is just remembering that that other person, those other people, them, they're as every bit as much as a person as you are, and is to separate out the debate, the topic, whatever it is you're discussing, is to separate the two. And We talk about it all the time, don't we, about doing the opposite is making something your identity to make it stick. And I guess what we're kind of asking ourselves and others to do here is to, is to pull that apart a bit. I know a lot of these things. I know a lot of political views and things and what you think about all sorts of things do become part of your identity. And I think that is why it is so hard to not necessarily tease them apart, completely separate. Just to be able to stand back from it a bit, you can't get that distance. If you can't get that distance for yourself, how can you create that distance for the them, for the other people? It It
0: is very, very hard. It reminds me of another concept that, um, gosh, I can't even think of the right words for it, but basically It is easier for people to connect and work together and move forward when they believe they are fighting an enemy. Mm. Yeah. It's that whole isn't it? Having a common enemy. Yeah. So Mm. part of the sorting and othering and siloing is about creating this enemy force that we have to fight against. And I think that plays into the identity. It feels good in some ways. Um, Obviously, this is more complicated, but to feel... Like you belong to something. Mm. And so on an issue, generally, do you belong to the people on this side? Do you belong? And in some ways, it doesn't even matter. It's that we want to belong because it feels easier to know that we have other people who think like us and are invested like us or whatever it is to fight this enemy. And unfortunately, even that kind of underlying belief means... We have to hear everything the other group says as wrong, stupid, immoral, incorrect, or whatever, because it's coming from Mm. those we have had to separate ourselves from. We have made them other for a reason to help us, and yet it just heightens the tension and the lack of understanding, the lack of communication, the lack of perspective-taking.
1: Yeah. So it's very challenging, but it really struck me, you know, this conversation that I seem to remember I jumped in on It's conversation they were having and I joined in, but it, it just struck me that they were talking about it and seeing it as this difference. Isn't it funny that they're both saying, they're both making the same complaint about the BBC, but if they only knew, they would realize that they didn't agree. Whereas my perspective was, well, isn't it interesting they have got this common ground, even if it's for a different reason. And how that is a great way in to having these conversations in the middle or having the conversations, you know, instead of being in your two different silos is meeting in the middle of, and having a conversation. Even if you're agreeing on something for a completely different reason, it's a conversation. Absolutely. I just thought that was that was really interesting. So I'll be coming back to you next time it's my turn with a few ideas about how we can we can meet this challenge because I think well we certainly both agree and I would assume we shouldn't assume but I would assume that most people listening would agree with us that this is
0: definitely a challenge. <laughs> Absolutely. And we of course have experienced this obviously in our own lives, politically, in our various you know where we live and things. but also we've experienced it in groups where we share some beliefs about what health approach mm. makes the most sense to us. And we create a an us and them <laughs> and we create a, a sense of well, we make sense, they are illogical. they are not you know, rationally based, they are harming people. So we hear it in all kinds of ways, not just in political things, but, you know, you can even get into how should people save and spend their money? What kind of investment should they make? We get people like, well, they believe this is the approach, but Mm. we believe this is how to do it. So I think this is a great topic, again, because it even... Extends beyond the political. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, Hot topics, all kinds of things that we have to navigate as people and interacting and and functioning with others. So I'm excited to hear. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, you know, diet and lifestyle. I mean, you couldn't, you know, look at vegans and
1: carnivores. (laughs) And I've always railed against this polarization. You know, if we're in the keto carnivore camp, we're going to mock the vegans. And if we're in the vegan camp, we're going to get judgmental on you for killing all the animals, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you know, it's polarizing, and it's very us and them. And it's really not helpful. And I've always seen that clearly, that it's really not helpful. So, you know, I really need to apply that with, with some of the things that, yeah, I fall into those mm-hmm. polarizing camps because it's something that I feel so strongly about that if you feel the opposing, if you have the opposing view, I, I really struggle to get over that judgment hurdle. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and, and we've had conversations with things that we disagree sometimes almost completely on, but because we like and respect each other, we will have that conversation so that 's what needs to happen mm-hmm. that's what you need to find that place that you can be respectful and thoughtful enough just to have the conversations. Mm-hmm. Nobody's asking like she was saying. The hope isn't from this braver angels group. The hope isn't to change anyone's opinion We're not trying to change your political views. We're not trying to change your opinion It's not what we're trying to change is do it' just the hope is to change how you feel about the people Mm -hmm. who have opposing views to you.
0: And I think that's critical. And how you engage, so process versus content. Yeah, because
1: how can we ever hope to change? How can we ever hope for anything to get better if we can't have those conversations? If we all stay in our silos, nothing is ever gonna change, isn't it? So we, we do have to find a way to meet this challenge. So hopefully, the things I'll be sharing next time will give you some ideas. It certainly, as I think you can probably tell, she inspired me. So hopefully, I'll be able to pass some of that on.
0: Very good. I'm excited to get to the next stage and deepen this conversation. And until then, I hope everyone has a great week. Have
1: a wonderful week.